Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Houston Exercise Science, a podcast where we talk about fitness as long as it is scientifically backed. Now, I know it's been a little while again, but I am back, and today we're going to be talking about um, something a little, well, not too different, but uh, something that I think is the most useful for my listeners. I know that um, there are people that are listening that are looking for exercise information and advice, and um, even how to maybe train others other than yourself. And so this one is going to be talking about exercise programming. It's going to be pretty general, but you can use this as a general outline to start to build your own fitness program for yourself or others and build upon the information you hear on this episode. But as always, thank you for listening and everything like that. Let me fix this. Okay. And all right, we're back. And let's get into the content because why not? Um, all right. So exercise programming. This is all about what you should be doing um, to get to a certain goal that you're trying to get to. And I'm going to start with some lifting programming. And I'll go into cardio after and then kind of put it all together at the end. And this will be a pretty good summarized way to figure out what you should be doing this entire time. Maybe you were doing it right and got lucky or you're doing it wrong. So let's find out. Um, Okay, so the first thing I'm going to address is strength. So let's say your training goal is just strength. You're not really worried about looks. You're not worried about anything else. Just strength. What you're going to be needing is you need to find out what your one rep max is first. That's something you may have to do. There are some websites that can calculate it based on like a five rep max or eight rep max, but um, the closer you can get to a one rep max is the best to um, to be able to calculate everything like that. So that's the first thing you, you're going to need to know about yourself. After that, all this will be easy to put in place. So training goal is strength, and your percentage of your one rep max should be equal to or greater than 85% of that one rep max. Again, there's a lot of websites that can do this for you, but these are the numbers that you should be in. The goal reps should be um, no more than six, so six or less, and the sets should be two to six sets. Uh, for strength. So this is general. Again, this may not look exactly the same if you were to buy maybe a program or something, but this is a general uh, guideline here. So that's for strength, right? And and all you're doing is worrying about that. Now, speaking of strength, let's talk about power, namely powerlifting. I have a uh, friend that does that. And for powerlifting, you have a way higher percentage of your one rep max because they do powerlifting. If you don't know, they do just one rep, and that's what they do in their competitions, which is pretty crazy. So if you're training in this, you're going to see that you're going to be very close to your one rep max. In fact, usually they train 80 to 90% of their one rep max, and they should be doing somewhere around, you know, 
one to two reps. And now if they want to go lower than that 90% and they want to train maybe 75 to 85% and they're doing their training towards that, that event and they have maybe a deload week, then they'll be looking at three to five reps and um, everything like that. Then the sets will be three to five sets. Um, there could be much more than that, but they usually have um, a pretty good amount of sets depending on how how big they're going. So if it's the 90% of their one rep max, they're training, they're getting to test their one rep max, um, it, how much weight they can move, then that'll be definitely less sets, probably, you know, towards the three to four sets or so. Um, <clears throat> but definitely they're going to have a good amount of warm-up sets and build up to that one rep max and then they'll do that. As for power, it's for pure power. So if you're a power lifter or you want to be one, um, the great thing is you have like three to five minutes in between a set. So get yourself a lawn chair <laughs> and just relax. I'm kidding. You don't have to. But um, they do have a lot of wait time in between sets which is pretty crazy i'm discovering all of these things through my friend too who's actually doing this and i'm you know witnessing all of these things so it's pretty pretty cool to see um this person that's actually a lifter like this um i see it in person it's pretty crazy and then <clears throat> oh yeah i already talked about how many sets so there there's that goal the next training goal is hypertrophy this is you trying to grow the muscle. This is about looks. This is about you trying to get an aesthetic look and everything. This is in the bodybuilder range kind of kind of sport where they care about how they look. They care about um, the, the taper, the small waist, all of those things. And they're going to be working in this hypertrophy range where you're growing the muscle just, you know, mainly to not for really for strength although that will come naturally but for the looks and you're going to be going in a range of about 67 to 85 percent of your one rep max your goal reps are about 6 to 12 reps and your sets are 3 to 6 so you do have a little bit more sets than the other ones but um, you're trying to create that growth and I'm not saying the strength and power goals don't do that but this is really the main goal of hypertrophy is you're trying to grow the muscle and have it look a certain way and that's what this programming would be for hypertrophy so if you're a bodybuilder or you're just trying to make everything have a, a, a certain look this is the ranges that you're going to be looking at the next one is muscular endurance and it's exactly what it sounds like you're caring about how much um reps you can do how long the muscle can last before it is exhausted completely so that is muscular endurance that's the goal and we're looking at greater or no <clears throat> sorry less than or equal to 67 percent of your one rep max so definitely very low as you probably could um think about it logically and it's going to be greater than 12 reps and you're going to have um, you're going to have about two to three sets, probably more, I would say, because you're working on on that. But um, it really depends on what you're doing in that circumstance. But usually it's more, I would say, more like three to four sets. But that's a good general 
um, guideline for that one. The last goal is if you're just a fitness seeker, you're just an average fitness seeker, you're going to the gym just to get healthy and just all around better. Um, you're not really looking to have a specific training goal like strength or endurance. You're just trying to, you know, get healthy. And this would be, this person would have a 65 to 85% of your one rep max. Or if you're new, brand new to lifting, you would be doing 60 to 70% for the new guys or girls. Your <clears throat> reps would be 8 to 15 and 2 to 4 sets. Um, now, th that would be definitely something you could change if you do decide to have a specific training goal and move out of that just general fitness that you're trying to get to. So that's something that you're going to be um, you you're going to be seeing in some people, including yourself, if you go there just <clears throat> to get fit. But then, okay, now I want to do this, or someone you know convinces you powerlifting is cool or bodybuilding is cool, whatever it is. Then of course you could change those back to the the general guidelines I I just said. One thing I wanted to note. Me and my friend were talking on the phone, and this reminded me of something I should say. I think I might have said it before, but I will say it again. For those that are lifting, be aware of something called the optimal angle of your lifting. So that means, like, let's say you're doing a bicep curl, right? Now, when you have your arm fully extended 180 degrees and you try to do a bicep curl, you're not going to be doing as much uh, power, producing as much power or force because that angle is too great um, for your muscle to really get a good amount of force out of it. Now, let's say you're doing, doing a bicep curl and your arm is already at 90 degrees and you're going the rest of the way. You're, Of course, you'll probably be able to do that rep, but you're not going to be producing a lot of force. You're not going to get a lot of, a lot of um, work in workout from it. So there's an optimal angle that there is where you're going to produce the most force which for power lifters and some bodybuilders focusing on moving a lot of weight would pay attention to there's an optimal angle at which it will be the best the most force you can produce from that angle now how do you know where what that angle is well there's two ways one sometimes your brain just knows from just how naturally the body feels or two coaching there might be a bodybuilding coach or a powerlifting coach that will tell you hey um, when you're squatting that 90 degree um, angle that your knee makes and that that joint makes is the optimal angle because then you can squat more weight and produce more force if you go below that then you're going to create injuries possibly and you won't be able to produce as much force it really depends on the coach and you um, and how it feels but you may feel like that 90 degree is a perfect optimal angle for you so the <clears throat> same thing for bench press same thing for deadlift same thing for um for lat row all all of these different exercises have this optimal angle and with training or with usually training is is what I would recommend they can they they usually know all of these things already personal trainers definitely 
they will help you tell you what your form should be, what it should look like, what it should feel like. And then with a lot of repetitions, you will be able to have that drilled into your head and your brain will then will then be able to fall into that kind of angle that you should be at. And it'll feel good too. It'll feel right, actually. You see this more in sports than lifting, but this definitely is important for either one. For sports, there's a, there's a definite form you should be having. For certain sports like baseball, if you're going to swing the bat, there's, of course, you've got to have a certain form so that you can produce the most force so you can hit the ball harder and hopefully get a home run. Um, the pitcher would have to wind up correctly and make sure that they can throw with the most force but also accurate and they're not just flinging the ball just randomly at the the batter, you know. So I like to mention that before I move on to my favorite, just kidding, which is cardio. Um, not my favorite, but it is uh, definitely still important to do. <clears throat> but before I do, I just wanted to mention that. So, let's just jump back into programming. So, cardio. I know last episode, for those that listened to it, thank you, I talked about how cardio is not required for weight loss. That's true. It's all about a good diet, and doing some sort of resistance training is best. However, cardio still has a lot of benefits. Some people still want to do it. It does help create a greater calorie deficit, which helps you with dieting, which helps you with weight loss. And this is where people like to <clears throat> like to, to work out in. We talked about high-intensity interval training and how people prefer that, and some people prefer the steady-state cardio. So let's delve deep deeper into that information. So you're going to be looking at a very general guideline for... Health and fitness um, guidelines, you're going to be looking at 75 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise for the week or 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise for the week. So that's what you're going to be <clears throat> looking at doing. So what when we're talking about cardio we have different ways to calculate what is considered light, moderate, vigorous, all of these different things. So if you're looking at making those minutes, you know, consisting primarily of cardio, like you're going to be doing interval training, then this is the kind of information you may be needing. So <clears throat> the numbers, I have a frog in my throat, sorry, <clears throat> let me get that out gotta get that out so the um the here's the numbers let's just get right to it so 75 minutes of vigorous or 150 minutes of moderate intensity that's for general health for weight loss you may need to do much actually you do need to do much more than that um because 75 minutes will be a little too easy to to achieve in order to encourage weight loss again diet is the key, but exercise helps a lot and actually may accelerate it a little bit, uh, the weight loss journey. So moderate. When you're looking at what is considered moderate, if you have a heart rate monitor, this is going to be what you need. That's about it. Heart rate, heart rate monitor, and you need to know what your heart rate max is. 
which you can calculate. There's a pretty general one, which is like 220 minus the your age is your max heart rate. That's one way to calculate it. There's many other ways, but if you like that simple one, then that is something that is still reliable, that still is close enough to accurate for, for this to still work for you. So 220 minus your age. To make a cardio considered moderate intensity, you would have to be in the 64 to 76% of your heart rate max. That is what is considered moderate. Vigorous would be 77 to 95% of your heart rate max. That is what would be called moderate or vigorous. So if you don't know and you're like, how do I know, you know, my, you know, am I there? Am I not? If you have a heart rate monitor, this is what you can do. And you can calculate your numbers, your range. You stay in that range and you'll be considered vigorous or considered moderate, whatever you want to be in. Light intensity is 57 to 63% of your heart rate max. Okay. And then very light, which, I mean, you're not going to get much out of very light, but if let's say you want to, it'll be less than 57% of your heart rate max. So that is the numbers for your cardio. So when you're looking to, um, to get some real numbers, this is the numbers that we're, we're talking about here, um, is exactly that. Okay. Now, um, I'm trying to think what else I could be talking. Okay. Um, so when, um, when I was on the phone with my friend, we had a little debate going on. Um, if you want to stay for this, it's cool. Um, we had a debate of which muscle is the strongest muscle in the body. Now, I said it's the soleus, which is a part of the calf muscle. And there's a debate going on with his family on whether or not it is the calf muscle or not. And they came to the conclusion that it was the heart. And then also maybe the masseter, which is the, your jaw, um, or your glutes. And I confidently said the soleus. And the reason why is because, well, it has the, the greatest pull force of all the muscles in your body. The heart has the highest endurance muscle in the entire body true very true i mean it's beating for your whole life the masseter has the most force it can produce to an external object and then the glutes are massive and they can definitely have the most explosive force but the soleus has the most external or not external um the most pull force there is uh, pound for pound it's a smaller muscle but it can move so much weight and that's why i said it is that now if you google it if you are googling it right now you'll probably see the master or maybe the heart but if you click on the links i had to click on a bunch of them to see where his family was finding all this information you can see that the soleus is in that list in all of these different websites with the master with the heart so i mean <laughs> It might be that the soleus is also pretty strong too. Anyways, that was a little bit of a trivia. You can ask your, tell your friends and, and stuff. 
that you know what the strongest muscle in the body is technically for pound for pound. Anyways, that was this episode. I know it was a little bit weird. Hopefully you got all the information. You can pause and go back and everything and see um, all of the different guidelines and see if you are training correctly. If it's in the range, which it usually is, a lot of programs, if you bought a program, let's say for an example, should be in this range. Um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, if if not, then you may need some adjusting, possibly. But anyways, that's really what you're looking at in with those guidelines, with those numbers. Hopefully it's helpful so you can change up your program possibly or just be more confident that you're doing well and everything like that i myself am going through some weight loss you know and, and getting back into shape because college does make you pretty sedentary i know it did for me i'm down 20 pounds doing the stuff i've been teaching you guys so you know it definitely is working with the calorie deficit the resistance training i'm doing usually i'm doing some running because i need want to take care of my heart um and it, it is pretty fun to change it up every now and then because lifting can you know sometimes get a little boring some days and if it does i encourage myself to change it up as i do encourage other people to do if you're getting a little bored of your program but um other than that thank you guys for listening um i'm gonna try to get these episodes out much more frequently than what i'm doing now but uh, other than that, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.